guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 11, episode 29. I'm ASD. Who are I'm you? I'm Chris. And joining us after a long time away. Yeah. It's me. It's Dan. Holiday Dan. Mate, it's been a long time. It has. It's been a hell of a long time. Uh, the last time I was on was at a at stupid clock in the morning over here in Australia. And um, and yeah, I don't think I, I gave my best efforts. Um, I was I was pretty, yeah, pretty all over the place with uh, very small children as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, hopefully I'm a little bit more more on it today. So he says with his glass of wine at 20 to 10. first day back at school um for the teachers in in australia so uh after anzac day so yeah so Um, you do need a glass of wine then on that yeah um i mean there's a lot to talk about we didn't pod last week for various reasons because we've got brentford and brighton so that's one point out of what should have been possibly six when the scum went and got six points against Chelsea and United who knows how that happened that's that's a massive swing so I mean what went wrong was this predictable do you think Dan um I think are we starting with the Brighton game or the Brent Brentford game do you think uh let's just focus on Brentford and we can mention Brighton because it's too, oh, it's too miserable <clears throat> so I have to say I think we were pretty lucky in that game we were what to get the nil-nil you look at you look at some of the chances that they had. They hit the woodwork. They hit the the crossbar. They hit the the post, and um, you think what summed it up really for me were the the last two free kicks. We had one, and then they had one. We had one where um, Kulishevsky and Son were just like having a big old conversation. I'm thinking, bring this on. Okay, what what's going to happen here? This is going to be great, and um, and. They, they just hit the first man or it was just horrendous and then Brentford have a free kick where Ericsson puts it straight onto Tony's head and he hits the post and it's just like that's that's us in a nutshell and then you you we from from what I could see like Brentford playing 4-3-3 and because of that they 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 just dominated the midfield. We the way that we're playing, the way that they forced our or our, our full backs or wing backs or whatever you want to call them, they're more like full backs to be fair at the moment because they're just not um they're not they're not getting forward at all. Um so we're playing pretty much a five at the back, two, and then a two in midfield, and then there's nothing linking the um the forward play. So I know Conte likes to play wing backs, but we haven't got any bloody wing backs that that are fit or able to play. Do you think that's a lack of quality player that he wants, or do you think it's there's something wrong with his very much plan A tactics? And that's a leading question. And I'll give you Victor Moses there, who yeah. became a world beater with I, not much talent, you know. I think, but with Victor Moses, he wasn't a young player. He was an experienced player who knew who knew his game and knew his strengths, and Conte just worked on that. Um, Emerson Royal's very young, 
he's an inexperienced. Yes, like the defensive side is a okay. I think he'd be better in a in in a um, in playing a, a flat four um, with Davis on the left. Um, but going forward, he doesn't have the final ball. He doesn't. He's not able to to pick out a pass, which means that our our front three are just isolated, and they and they try and play wide as well, which means that they're they're not close to each other. They're they're having to take a first touch because they can't lay it off to anybody. And the way that Brentford were playing, they were like a pack of dogs. They were just like setting on like whoever had the ball because they knew that each player would be taking a touch or two touches. You know, and and because the passes coming into them weren't yeah absolutely perfect. They're having to control with the first touch, then try and shift it, and by that time they were they were all over them. But um, Ericsson also had a, a couple of chances where he was completely in space because because of that because of the way it was set up, and and he just put one wide, and then um, yeah, it just it, it was awful. I think to your question, ASD, it's both as always, right? Because what you've got is you haven't got you haven't got a great um, sort of second string of wing backs, but then you also haven't got a plan B. And and I look, I appreciate that you know you've got some managers who are stubborn about how they play, the best ones. You know, you could say exactly the same about Klopp and Guardiola, and they find their way through. But while we can't, if you are a top manager, you've got to be able to like adapt and shift Uh, but I do also think that then there's potentially a problem around our structure because when you've got someone like Paratici in who's got a longer term vision which I understand and I appreciate but then you've got Conte who's very short term and wants to be like I'm a man who you know battles for titles not for top four and so I want this I I wonder what's going to happen in the summer because if we've got a long-term vision that the club has that Paratici's working towards that's what he's been hired to do and it's not completely in keeping with Conte although of course they've hired Conte they don't want the embarrassment of that again we could potentially be pushing on you want we have got some good players that you can build around blah 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 so I imagine again we'll find somewhere in the middle of all of that where we back what Conte wants he does what you know and hopefully add to the squad Mm. um and then you know because you know you would hope that if any any manager particularly a good one that they can get the players to adapt to their way of playing so to Dan's point about um, Royale just then it's like yeah he's young and it is his first season and he's not playing consistently and it is going to take some time so you know when you've got the pre-season and you've got the time and you've got two three four five wing backs whoever they are and you've got that time to work with them and then they all know what they should be doing you hope that that works out listen when Conte started, the thought of top four was so far away, it's unbelievable, right? And then we did that whole win-lose, 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 which was just funny, actually. Then we went on a good run, and we were like, oh, OK, this is in our hands now. And then these last two games, we stuttered. And we know we stutter against teams that play like that, and we've got to figure out how to break them down. And I, And I guess it's frustrating when you've got kind of great attacking players who are isolated and we can't get the ball up to them 
uh, you know, and, and, and. But, you know, we were lucky. We were lucky to get away with the draw um, at the weekend. And I thought, um, you know, the the irony, we, we just about missed out on the irony of Spurs' best midfielder this century scuppering his own Champions League plans for next year. Although you never know, he might have done. Um, so I guess we'll see. But, you know, it makes the North London derby even more tasty. Oh, and I was just going to say about Ericsson. Um, he, for us, he just he just kept hitting the first man in like when he was crossing, when he was putting um, corners. And it makes me think, and he's not doing it at, at Brentford. It makes me think that was Potch giving him instructions to go for the near post because of the percentage of goals that are scored at near post. So everything was near post, near post, near post. And it reminded me of being a teacher. I, um, yeah, people come up with these like ideas of how to get high, yeah, higher achievers and all that kind of stuff. And I remember at one school, he said, it is, it is a statistical fact that children that underline their titles get better grades. So he insisted on everyone underlining titles and made it he's like no we want everybody to do that he's like and it's just like how it's exactly the same point it's like you don't you know just by get just by putting the ball in at the near post every time doesn't get mean that a certain percentage are going to go in because yeah. they know it's going to go to the near post so i think i don't know if the Tottenham defenders are thinking oh ericsson just put in the near post but yeah, it's, it's you've you've got to mix it up, and I think um, Ericsson is definitely what we need. <laughs> He's the yeah. he yeah you know, we instead of singing um, yeah he's our number twenty three. We should have been singing either Jackson five or or take that because we really want him back for good. And there it is, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, apart from everything that he that we know that he can contribute if you think about him winning um the Serie A with Inter under Conte last season you know he was a playmaker behind Martinez and Lukaku and he gave them that second win so imagine him in a 3-5-2 behind Kane and Sonny and Kane doesn't have to well then not have to be number nine and number 10 with Ericsson back he can stick to being a number nine and actually you know banging the 30 goals he's going to need next season to try and break that record so are you Eric's in or Eric's out? <laughs> Eric's, in. Eric's in. Eric's in, very good. Just makes sense, yeah. doesn't it? Um, um, so if we are going to go 3-5-2, yeah, which would be the case under Conte, I would imagine if Ericsson was going to come in. <laughs> yeah. Who would you have as the, the wing-backs? That's, that's the big question, I think. You have to put in Kudasevsky there. Yeah, you don't have a choice, right? So that would be one. But then I'm always worried about the wrong foot on as a fullback because it's very easy to go around them and put a cross in. Obviously, you want them to be two-footed, but it it just it worries me a little bit. And like with clearing the ball, often you put to your outside foot when you're a fullback, and it just worries me. But he's obviously not a left-sided player, so I don't know. And then on the left, I mean, would you play him on the right then? Yeah, you have to play him on the right, but then I'm yeah. not sure that's the right thing. But yeah. we're, we're going to come on to it. We we need fullbacks because Sess 
hasn't been covered himself in glory. Yeah, with Sessegnon, I think he's defending, he's just playing it safe. Like every time um, at the weekend, what he was doing was he was he was just putting it out of play. Every time. But do you think? But do you think there's a bit? Look at the top teams and the defenders. What they don't give the ball away there. They don't just give away a, a throw in. They'll turn inside. They'll find that pass. They'll use their skill in order to beat that man and have the confidence to do that to to then gain possession again and then build up and then get the uh the um uh, the counter attack and Sessegnon just sorry. doesn't doesn't fill me with confidence there um, there's, there's a bit where I disagree actually because I think Sessegnon is still young and he hasn't had a good run and he's had injuries and he hasn't had the preseason and no one's really had any faith in him and all the rest of it. I think if we can get him on a good a good run of games, get the coaching, I think he's going to be a good player. That's where I'm going Just... is it's sort of in the middle of those two where I'm go you go oh were we in a, such a bit of a shit show where then the manager comes in and takes control over everything and coaches people into specific jobs and loads them mentally with all the jobs they have to do. And actually there's a point where you go, this is your role on the pitch, go and play your football and then don't worry about things too much. Cause I think Sessegnon has gone. I was in the championship. I'm now in the premier league in a top five team, top 17, wherever we are, but I've got all these things to do and all these pressures. It actually just needs a bit of freedom just to go out and express himself and play as football. I think if you have a look in in any walk of life, in all of our, I'm looking at all, all of us now and look at, think about all the jobs that we do. If you over coach, over manage someone, they're going to underperform because they're, they're not going to, their vision, your vision is very difficult to achieve if, if, if that's the only thing they give. And if they give them what you go and do your job within my vision, that's great. And I think within that, I think he would be really, really, really good. But he just feels like he's overthinking things at the minute because he's got too much on him, which may be a problem with Conte. You know, it may I, I don't feel it is. And it may just be a situational thing where we just need a bit of control to steer the ship in the right place, which is why since like since it's got better since November. And I've got some um, comments from his press conference. We said, look, we're after the game. We said with five games left to play, we're talking about Tottenham being in the chase for the in the race for the Champions League in November. People forgot the trouble the team was in. We've improved a lot, which is which is true, which which like you said, Chris. So it's, it was a it's a horrible game to watch, and I feel it was very predictable against teams in that lower mid half who defend against us, and we're always going to have problems with, against it. Like, I would predict that we beat Liverpool. Because they're going to come at us and we'll get a few chances and we'll, a bit like we did with City away, but we'd lose to Leicester, who are on an awful run of form, you know. But I would, if we were to get three points out of those, that's that's where I'd predict it going. Um, fullbacks, though, let's finish the fullbacks. Emerson Royale, what do we do with the royal problem now? Is he a problem? Is Doherty the solution? Chris? I think you need. I think. Oh. Uh, sorry, Chris. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I. I... I think I think Doherty's a decent player, but he's he's the oldest outfield player we've got. So I think if he's a solution, he's a short-term one. Um, and actually, if we'd had this conversation six months ago, that would be a laughable question. So let's get that right. So the way to look at that, in my mind, is he's had time to settle into the team. He's had time to be coached by the manager. He's at, you know, and on that basis, I'm not I'm not convinced that. Royale is a worse player than Doherty, if you see what I mean. So I think let's just give him time. I don't think we should be worried. You know, 
I actually think that our fullbacks, we do look, we do need like we probably need one more. And it's not Danny Rose and Kyle Walker. It's not, you know, like let's get that right. But who's out there? I mean, I maybe I don't know European football enough. I think if we've got to trust in our manager to get what you know to get a tune out of the players that we've got, unless he says otherwise. Um, I've, I I agree with that completely. Um, I when you say about like players that are out there, I I personally think we've got one that could play left uh, left wing back, and that's Bergwijn. He's it, and yet he's never been played like given a chance there. And I honestly think can he defend that, Dan? Pardon? Can he defend? You, They've got to be see, able to defend you know, a little bit. You saw him under Mourinho, and the shifts that he was putting in in terms of defensively um, during that time, I I think he he demonstrated it like very very well that he has got that he's got the physicality he's got the skill he's got the pace and he would he was the the archetypal victor moses for us really you know like he has all those same qualities left-footed as well and i think i think it's just because at the moment he's doing well with holland or netherlands he's he's playing well there and he's in the team he doesn't want to play in a different position and potentially lose his place or is always reluctant to play at wing back well, i don't know if the manager wanted him there i don't think it'd be up to him whether he played there or not hmm. well, well victor moses is only 31 you know the nigerian ben davis so we could go and get him in so let's uh so what i've got here as well uh, while we're sort of on this bit is I've gone to transfermarket.co.uk which apparently um agents use so it's a valid source and I'm going to tell you for each of our players how much the market value of these players is and you're going to buy or sell them or you're going to keep or sell them uh Galini's worth nine mil but um he's on loan anyway but are we keeping Galini? no 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 <laughs> Hugo 35 year old contract until for two more years, 6.3 million. He can retire with us when he yeah. wants to. Absolutely. Uh, Romero, Romero, you buying Romero for 40 mil yes. or whatever it is? Yeah. That's a steal. That is a steal. Now, Davinson Sanchez, he's 25 years old and he's worth 27 million pounds. What are you doing with Davinson? Out. Davinson out. Where are you going to get a better defender at that I was age? About to say, that I'd, keep, I'd keep him for that as a as a backup. What? what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, depends, no, depends next year if we're playing the same system with Conte or whether we're going to a back four. But, you know, I think he's more flexible. So I, the, for me, the question for all of these will be, are we playing Champions League or Europa League? Because I think different players are better suited to each of those. Um, yeah. But I'm but, going with Chris. Yeah, I'm... I th- I would prefer to see Rodon given a go, and I think he's younger. He's and and ASD is just yeah. I'm very happy with that. But we're, let's come back to him. But I would I would prefer Rodon as as um as a first choice reserve rather than Sanchez. I think so you keep them Sanchez both. Sanchez is lower on my uh, on my estimation. So we've got so if we've got. Dyer and we've got um, Romero and at the moment Davis 
as our front three and we have and we have and we bring in one to replace ben davis then we we don't need sanchez yeah yeah right jack fett 23 got a contract until 2025 apparently 13 and a half million what are you doing keep or sell i'm asking one word answers here chris keep keep who is this sorry and gang Jaffet, key. Yeah, I'm with you. Joe Roden, seven million. He's got a contract until 2025. He's 24. Do you know what? I'm going first. I'm going to say sell him. I just want to see. I want to see the boy happy, as Morrissey said, and uh, I just want to see him play football. And if that means going to Fulham, going anywhere, you know, I'd rather just I'd see him go on loan. On loan. Yeah. How much? How much ASD? Seven point two is not much money, is it? Considering how much we. He's young. He's an international. He needs to play. Reggie, so, so says, he, needs, he needs to go out on loan. We're not going to, we shouldn't sell a young player with that much potential. Young. 24. 24. 24. That's, that's, that's still young for a defender. Yeah, he's, he needs game time. You, you've seen him playing for Wales and how well he does there. He can play, he, he's a very, very good defender. Why well, haven't any of our managers ever played him though? They can't all be wrong. Can they understand? That's the way worry. I think it, it's easy to look good against like Austria and the teams that we we as Wales play. But it's the same with Stevie B, right? I know he scored against was it Germany, but I think international, particularly friendlies, are, are just a different game. I just I just yeah. want to see him play. I think we're coming from the same place, Dan. I just mm. I'd love to see him play. Reggie, it says uh, it's twenty five mil, but the buyout clause this summer is forty. Um, are you keeping him or selling him? For 25, I'd keep him. For 40, you'd sell him? For 40, I'd sell him. Yeah. Or not buy him? No, we bought Wait. him. Oh, we have bought, bought him. him. Yeah. Bought him. All right. So, so, yeah. I think I agree with Dan. Yeah. Uh, ben Davis, he's 29, he's, he's worth 18 million. 18? Mm, according to this. I'm so keeping I him. sell him for that. Would you? Yeah. I, w- I think what we've seen of him this season, I think that you need those kinds of characters on in your on the pitch. You and you need his experience, and you need the fact that he's obviously popular and organizer, whatever. And he's just solid. Sometimes I don't. I I like to go through a game and not even notice him. I think that's perfect. Mm. So keep, 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 keep. I I I just not. Dan, you've you've made your word. <sighs> Sorry, mate. Uh, Emerson Royale, 23 years old, got a contract with us until 2026. He's worth 22 and a half million. So someone comes in, says 22 and a half mil for Emerson Royale. How much do we buy him for? Um, no idea. It was less than that, wasn't it? 14, 15. Uh, 25.7. So we're not quite making our money back. You selling him, Dan? I'd keep him. Keep. Oof, I'm a sell. Uh, Doherty worth 10.8. He's 30 million pounds. Chris, you keeping him or selling him? Sorry, he's 30 years old. Yeah. 10.8. Someone comes in with 10. Keep. I'd keep, I'd him, keep him because he's um he's been playing he's, he's been playing well lately and he's and he's adapted to the system well. Um, 
even if he doesn't play every game, and you're strengthening in that area, yeah, yeah, yeah. like we did under Poch with the rotations, that's perfect. I'm not sure I've got rid of anybody though, so maybe I need to. Yeah, get got rid of, of many. Uh, Oliver yeah. Skip. Well, I think we're all keeping Oliver Skip, right? He's, yeah. He says he's worth 18 million, but I think he's worth more than that. Yeah. Harry Winks, 26 years old, 15 million, two years left in his contract. No, bye, Harry. Love you. Bye. There you go. <laughs> Cheerio. Uh, Hoiberg, three years Keep. left, worth 36 million. Keep. Keep. Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, ben Kerr, apparently he's worth 22, but I'm, I mean, I'm keeping him all day long. Mm, yeah. I'd love Seth. to see those three as a. Yeah. Together. I'm not that bothered by him, to be honest. I think, I really? don't think he's like, we happen to have him now, but if he didn't come, I'd be like, yeah, fine, there's plenty more like him. But I don't think, him. I think he's all right. He's a permanent. I love him. He's one of my favourite. I just think he's so effective. He, was, he wasn't great on the weekend. I think when he's got when he's got time on the ball, he's good. And I just think in the Premier League he doesn't get as much. So I think he's still adapting. A full preseason, I think he'll be properly up to speed. Yeah. Seth's twenty one years old, three years left, thirteen million. Probably keep him, right? Young player, thirteen mil. It's not much. Uh Hyung Min Son, he's twenty nine, contract for three years, seventy two million pounds. Someone comes in, seventy two million pounds, Hyung Min Son. Chris. We can't, we can't, we have to keep him. If we don't, right. if we don't keep yeah. him, then who are we and what are we doing? I want so him like to retire at Tottenham. End of. Yeah, yeah. I don't want him to go. He, that would be worse than Kane playing for someone else. I feel. You reckon? Yeah. Wow. All right, we'll That's come a big back shout. to Sunny, that. Is a big Sunny shout. is. Sunny just. All right. Here's him. one for you then. Son goes big to Arsenal in the summer, and Kane goes to Chelsea. Which one do you hate more? Which which hurts you the most? Based on what you just said, Sonny at Arsenal, Kane at Chelsea. We stick in my mouth. Um, I go Son to Arsenal. Be worse. I, agree, I, I agree with Dad only because I hate Arsenal more than I hate Chelsea. No, I, I cannot stand Chelsea like one bit. But Kane, he's wanted to leave already. He's had previous. Oh. I wouldn't put it past him. He's it's worn like, an Arsenal shirt before. Yeah, that, um, yeah, but, but oh no, that's like feels like Cipher going over to bloody the the agent side in the, the Matrix. Anyway, uh, Kudelski, thirty-one million. I mean, we're keeping him right. Keep yeah. Mora, eighteen million, contract for two more years. So Chris has gone. See you later. That... Don't close your door. Close the door on your way out. Yeah. Uh, ignoring his political thing, I know you can't, but ignoring his political, but uh, leaning. Doesn't matter. I still say he doesn't. He right. just like runs into cul-de-sacs, you know, like keeping like, eighteen million quid for someone who's only worth the last five minutes of a game. We can find someone better to do that. Frankly, no thanks. Bye. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last one. Harry Kane, ninety million. I don't know where he's going to go for ninety million now, but ninety million. Someone comes in ninety million pounds to sort your team out. He, he leaves the Premier League. No. Oh, no. I tried. I tried. I, you can't, can you? Um, fine. 
Next on the agenda, a quick one on Leicester. Their recent form is pretty bad. They've had draws versus Villa and Everton. They've lost to Newcastle and they've got a massive game against Roma, which is the first of two legs either side of our game. Can Are we going to lose this? What's our expectations here? Vardy's just coming back from injury as well. Uh, Shouldn't this be a Harry Kane hat-trick game? Doesn't he score against Leicester? His first hat-trick was against Leicester. So I reckon Harry will get a brace and we'll win. It won't be convincing. We'll make hard work of it, but we will win the game. Vardy will hit the post. I think we'll win. Uh, All right. Laurie slap. And um and we'll win. So I think it's what what's your score prediction, Dan? Sorry? Score prediction. Two one. Two one. I'll go three one. I think it'll be like tight and then we'll score in the last you know, in the last minutes just I think they'll just be too knackered. But how good is it to be playing on Sunday so we don't get have our weekend ruined? You know, I hate playing the twelve thirty <laughs> game on Saturday. That is the benefit of the Europa League. Uh, I know. Right. I, I'm just gonna. I, I appreciate that we uh, we've gone forwards and not looked back. But I just wanted to make the point because we weren't podding last week. I genuinely thought that we would do all right against Brentford because Harry hadn't made it, hadn't been in America the week before. So I just wanted to make a note that because I haven't said that out loud. But I just, you know, as much as I love him, what was he doing flying to him? It wasn't like he went to Spain for a couple of days. Went to America. It, and we didn't, it's not like we had time off. It was, there was a Saturday to Saturday game and he can go to Augusta in four years time. He can go every year if he wants for the full, yeah. for the full time the opens on. But I just don't think that's acceptable. If, you know, we're really battering, battling for top four. Are you, is that the thing that you're going to go and do? How, do, I just, I don't, I do not understand it. I do not understand it. And also we he's going to have the, the like a, a free summer. He's gonna have a summer to go wherever he wants. Like, yeah, he's yeah. There's there's yeah. no tournaments, nothing going on. Why? Yeah, but yep. I kind of get it. You know, but it if it doesn't feel right. Like we could have done. This, uh, I don't know. If we'd won, would would you be saying this? If we'd won, if he'd scored a hat trick. Mm. Yeah, you mean if that was, like almost bicycle kick went in well i said i that's <laughs> yeah. something i was thinking in advance of the game thinking oh, oh well yeah. at least he hasn't been away this week so maybe mm. he'll be performing again it would be interesting to see the flight patterns of the team because you know like i watched the neymar thing on um netflix which is fairly dreadful um but he flies back to brazil a lot like a lot a lot um yeah. And it, it makes you, I'd be really interested to see how, like, who goes where, how often, because, you know, we make a lot when Sun goes to Korea for his games. But if people are doing that all the time, um, yeah. maybe, maybe we don't know. Anyway. And one uh, last thing on Harry Kane was just Barney Roney this week described mm-hmm. him. And I just thought this was wonderful. It says from the early days of high throttle centre forward play, when, mm-hmm. get this, he still looked like an ambitious young Edwardian notary clerk who <laughs> wants to marry your daughter. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to play the Conte or Poch game. So right now, and it comes to the summer, are you swapping Conte for Poch at PSG? Just, just straight swap, no money, it's all fine. I'll, I'd keep Conte. Yeah. But if we can't keep Conte, my first 
choice would be Poch. I think the point is the straight swap because actually it could happen. The Athletic wrote a really good piece on it this morning on how it's all based on the fact of if Conte goes. So because the only place that Conte could could go to is PSG. So if Conte does go to PSG and that'll be off his bat, not off ours, would we have Poch in a heartbeat? Yeah. Would I just have Poch back now? Yes, because I think we've got we've got more of a longer term plan. Because we're we're not going to have Conte much past next season, are we? Well, not at the moment. His contract is up. And also, Paratici is a you know thinking a long game, and Poch is definitely the long game manager. He yeah he he built he built us over you know six seasons of you know of improvement each year each year each year, and managed to squeeze every ounce of effort out of have a squad that that needed refreshing and Levy's learned his lesson with Paratici by bringing in the players. I yeah, if Paratici sticks around, then it could it could work very very well. Yeah yeah. Uh, I just I had a couple of thoughts uh, on on a new topic. So I, I agree with all of what you just said. Um, the the podcast is named Echoes of Glory, and the quote from Bill Nick goes, uh, it's better to fail aiming high than to succeed aiming low. We of Spurs have set our sights high, so high in fact that even failure will have in it an echo of glory, which is very nice to write on a wall. It's a bit live life, love, whatever it is. Um, But is it right? Do we we want to fail aiming high rather than succeed aiming low? And am I reading too much into this? Because I actually think it's a very annoying thing to say. And I think we've got loads of these at Spurs. I don't think to dare is to do makes grammatical sense. And I've said that before. It really irritates me. Um, but Latin. failing high. Hmm? It probably makes sense in Latin. Well, <laughs> mate, we're not a Latin club, are we? You know, I'd love to see us play in the Copa Libertadores, but we're, we we can't. <laughs> from North London. Um, we've already changed it to dare is to do. <laughs> so wait, we put it into English. Yeah. Everywhere. So we clearly not Latin anymore. Is is the Spursy nature failing aiming high to want to do something but not deliver? Is actually lots of little wins and just being far more because that's what Chelsea do is they're just solid, make those wins, and the long term, the long term comes from that, right? That Chelsea seem to be the opposite of Spurs in in many respects. It is there an identity thing that means we'll always be. In, and the reason I was thinking of it is because that nil-nil, from about 15 minutes in, you knew exactly what was going to happen because we've all been there a million times. I'm not sure if all other clubs would say this, um, but it feels like I've been to so many of those games, those nil-nils where you knew you knew exactly what's going to happen. You might as well have left because nothing was going to happen. You hate the world. You hate paying 70 quid for your bloody ticket. You hate going to the ground. You hate how expensive everything is. You hate Levy. You hate your wife. You hate your man, whatever it is. It is there an identity shift that we need to move, and we we think about our history as our club in a very specific way, and we we caricature ourselves at all? Do you think? I think right. We, so well, okay, go on. Uh, that I was think a very we, rambling question. I'm so sorry. we we I mean we've we say that we yeah like, yes we've got a history of winning trophies sporadically. Um, throughout history, um, you know, but since the Premier League has started, 
the the money that has come in has has yeah and, and the money that's been spent has not necessarily been spent by us wisely in in the 90s so obviously that was never gonna you know materialize um and then then you had the birth of um chelsea city um man united just becoming you know an unstoppable force during that time as well and and i just feel like we you know not many teams actually win anything most teams don't win trophies so mm. for you know for us as a as a club that you know stay within our means don't break the bank to to sign anyone we don't break break the bank um for wages we stay within our means what we are doing and what we have achieved does have an echo of glory when we're comparing ourselves to teams that spend astronomical amounts of money you know we got to the champions league final that had an echo and that mm. gives us the warm and fuzzies you can't say that it doesn't the you know whether it's the city game the the ix game you know they 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 that those that had echoes of glory the the final year at white hart lane where we went unbeaten yeah 17 and 17 wins two draws at the lane and we finished second to a chelsea team who quite frankly should have that title stripped from them because as soon as um that club is sold that debt goes away therefore they were spending without you know outside of their means they were way off with financial fair play so that that should really be our our title so when we talk about you know us winning a trophy do, you know I'm, I'm i i don't see trophies as being the be all and end all we have you know i i feel like the way that we play has that echo of glory that you know the the, the way that it's the whether yeah under Poch we had that never say never say die attitude, that um, that tenacious attacking flair that under um, Harry Harry Redknapp you know in in Champions League where it was you know like you know shooting from the hip, just all that flair attack just and it was just such a happy happy time to be watching watching Spurs and. That's why we. That's why we go. It's not necessarily to pick to lift up a trophy. It's to have the the aspirations, and that's what Bill Nick talks about, and that's what we love about it. You know, would you enjoy? You know, would you be happy with? You know, in in City's position, would you be happy with Abramovich? You look at the PSG fans booing Poch, booing yeah. on the final whistle when they just won the trophy. And I, I get that. It's I just that... It's a... Go, Go on. on. I think it's a brilliant question, ASD, actually. And I've just made me think, just as Dan's been talking there and as you were sort of asking it earlier, you know, the thing that springs to mind is like no guts, no glory. And that's what it means to me. And so I'm really up for um, 
you know, aiming high and maybe failing. The problem is, is that I don't like, you know, if you take these last two games, I don't feel like we're aiming particularly high. And I think that's what Mourinho, I know bang on about Mourinho, that's what he did to us, was that it was all about risk mitigation rather than aiming high. And I think there's a touch of that with Conte. There's a risk mitigation um you know, that's why I would probably say, yeah, I'd be happy to have Poch back because I think there's something about what those risks look like, um, you know, and because it's not what we're doing. I don't feel what we're doing or what we have done in the last few years is aiming is that is aiming high with our football. We might do in the, you know, in saying we want Conte and we want him to do this and all the rest of it. When we go out on that football pitch, when we went out against Brighton, when we went out against Brentford, was it no guts, no glory, which is kind you know, and I. I still look back to those Aussie days. It was like, yeah, okay, we might have lost 5-4, but it was great fun. You know? Yeah. Right, maybe, we, maybe we need to write to Levy and say we need to change the thing to non-omnia viscera inglorious, which is Latin for, or Latin, for no guts, no glory. So uh, there you go. We'll sort that out. What's that was Latin Google Translated. I do not know Latin. I did not go to a school where they teach Latin. No, me neither. But that was pretty good, though. You, you sounded quite convincing Smith, there. right? I used to read Asterix when I was a boy, so I, I kind of picked it up. The, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, before we go on to the famous Maldini or Rodon, um, I have just finished. It's just a, a quip. I, I finished David Badil's book called Jews Don't Count because uh, he's always annoyed me. So I wanted to know more about him. And yeah. it's, it's a brilliant book. And I learned more about myself. Um, it's brilliant. It talks about anti-Semitism, but not in an aggressive way, in just a, this is what this is the state of play. And he has a page on the Y words at Spurs. And he put, cause I've always struggled because it's been, I've, I don't say it, sing it, because it, it can offend people around me. It's not, you know, and it, it's not my place to offend people. I do believe that there are things which are offensive in and of themselves. And there are things which people choose to take offence at. I'm not too worried about the latter as much, but things which are offensive, you just you just can't do. But he put it in a really good way by because my beef with him has always been, well, sort Chelsea out. The reason that you're doing that, the Spurs fans did this was because of the Chelsea very right wing racists, people who all, all the stuff they used to do. And he said, well, that's part of the problem with anti-Semitism is that it's seen as a second rate type of racism, right? Where you've got the headline racism, anti-Semitism is seen as almost a second rate one. It's not as important. And, and there's lots of racist reasons for that. Um, but he said, look, if Spurs were from a, an area that's predominantly black, where the opposing fans have been calling them the N-word, would you now be calling yourselves the N-word army? Well, no. Would you be saying N-word, N-word, N-word after someone scored? No, it's the same thing. And so that was a really simple and understandable and relatable way of uh, putting it. So I think it, I think more Spurs fans need to hear that. And I think that would have just been, rather than that video we made about the Y-word, if you just put that on yes. a banner flying over a plane, that it would have been a lot, a lot easier for a lot of people to understand. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, that there, are, you know, that is a very good book. There are a few moments in that's a bit problematic, but I think he's a bit problematic. But yeah. I think he he does do well in that book to explain that. And I, my view on that as well, I think I've said this to you before, is the problem is is not just it, it's it's about the TV audience. It's about who's listening to a word they've never potentially heard mm -hmm. in any other context, and we can't give others an excuse to use it. 
even in a it, it, even if we're using it in a reclaimed way we can't give others an excuse to use it in a in an offensive and derogatory way mm-hmm. and discriminatory way it might so. it might sound um weird but I, I feel like if he was a spurs fan and saying this i think it would have more gravitas and and more change would be because he's a chelsea supporter he and he's coming from a, a club that is yeah fueled by a lot of racism um that that then has has the problem i think because yeah, um, of glory saying it now they've got yeah. us and yeah. we are the deal of of <laughs> m17 uh right <laughs> um right maldini or rodon so for those of you who haven't listened to it this is a brilliant game where uh, we have a list of uh couplets of of players or in this case it's going to be managers where i'm going to ask uh, Dan and Chris, I'm going to give them who you have in out of um, these two players, and they have to give me the answer. If they agree with me, then they get the point. Um, there's... I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> um, now, who who you have in um, is the cause of a lot of debate. Uh, but there was a case, I think it was in 1964. Yeah. Justice Potter Stewart made a famous definition of hardcore porn in 1964, which said, you know it when you see it. So it's very hard to define, but you know it when you see it. And so I've got a list of managers. Some of them are Spurs, some of them are not. And then obviously we're going to finish with Maldini or Rodon. And my mind is changing on Rodon, so that's not a banker. But I'm going to give you, yeah, right. Um, Not today, though. I love uh, the fact they're even in comparison. Anyway, I've lost the game on several occasions, Dan, by refusing to say Rodon when you yeah, give yeah. me Maldini or Rodon because it's just it's unacceptable. <laughs> Is it going to change to Davis at any point? Oh. Uh, so, Dan, you're going to go first. I've got, are you going Conte or Poch? Who are you having? Conte. Chris Poch. started. Which is correct. Yeah, Dan, you've lost your first round. Uh, Chris, Klopp or Guardiola? Klopp. Dan? I have to go Guardiola. That's an equaliser. Klopp annoys me. Um, Guardiola annoys me. There's something like if Klopp was our manager, yeah, but if Klopp was our manager, we'd love him with with our heart so much. And with Guardiola, you just go, yeah, yeah, that's great. You know, you play nice football. But if it was Klopp, we'd take him to our hearts so much and we'd like walk over hot coals for him and he'd do the same for us. So, yeah, Klopp. Very really close to being convinced there, you know. As long as go move on quickly. <laughs> but it's nice, one one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan, Deitch or Allardyce? Deitch. Yeah, I agree. Deitch. Answer. Uh, Chris, Wenger or Mourinho? Oh, oh God, that's just awful. Rough, isn't it? That's awful. <laughs> so, I think from pure footballing terms, it has to be Wenger because Arsene Wenger changed the Premier League. He actually changed European football, and some of that football that Arsenal played at that time, as painful as it was, was great. And he did good things for the game. And Mourinho is 
an inexcusable human being. I, will, I still can't get over how he treated Eva Carnero and poking that other guy's eyes out. So Venga. Oh, I you know, mate. I've just been a bit sick in my mouth by saying that. Um, Mourinho's had a go and failed. It's about time Wenger had a go, right? <laughs> Absolutely not. Imagine that. But, um, Imagine yeah, that. Wenger's correct answer. Uh, Chris, Benitez or Moyes? Ooh. Mm. Benitez. Got a bit more about him. Yeah, you've got to go Benitez. He's won the Champions League. Yeah, that's what I did. Uh, Dan, Ancelotti or Mancini? <sighs> Both have got stellar records. Yeah. Um, I will go... I'll go Mancini. I reckon... I reckon you're thinking that Ancelotti's past it now. I don't care what ASD thinks. I think Ancelotti's a better manager and he's got nicer hair. He has got, I know they've both got nice hair, but Ancelotti's is nicer. Goes into the leads. It's, uh, it's, it is Ancelotti. It's, I just, his record is unreal. How much he's won. Um, you can't work me out, Dan. Don't, don't try. Chris, yeah. Nuno versus AVB. Ooh. Right, battle of the disappointments, and that and both that same kind of slightly turgid style of football as well. Good question, right? Although we do love AVB because he's in our intro. I think I just think it was it was awful for like Nuno coming post Poch was is was worse than AVB coming post Redknapp. If you see what I mean. And I think that AVB having had Gareth Bale saving him on so many occasions, I think is going to make me say AVB. Although, um, yeah, AVB, AVB. Well, I know that um, ASD absolutely loved it under AVB. Because he kept going on about it, how how defensively organised they were. And he just <laughs> it. And, and yeah, he, I know he's just, he's a, you're, you're, you're a weird cat. Fine. Well, that is that is a a one-one round. So you, it's still six-five to Chris. Chris only got one wrong. This could be it, Chris. Uh, Dan Santini or Sherwood? <laughs> oh my god! Um, That's rough, isn't it? Santini. Yeah, I mean. My answer to that would be anyone but Sherwood. Like, literally anyone but Sherwood. So, yeah, Santini. Do you know what? I went Sherwood. And the reason I went Sherwood was because oh. some of the stuff he says is You've actually You've lost right. your mind. Yeah, but as a manager, it doesn't matter that he's a good pundit. He didn't do that badly under him. He was just a ridiculous human being. I can get the results up. He's got, hasn't he got a highest ever win percentage? Facts, mate. That's, facts. Absolutely uh, not. Um, no, not having back. it. Well, you no. both got zero, so it doesn't matter. He did do well with <laughs> yeah. the boy. No, but um, you don't have to listen to Tim Sherwood on the like <laughs> over here. It's absolutely awful. I had Tim Sherwood and Michael Owen one day. I was just oh, and I just that is painful. Uh, who is it? Is it 
you who is it uh chris it's you redknapp or martignol martignol i love martignol and i think he was the chain he was the change for us he did love me but i think we were in a certain place and it was martignol that actually started turning the dial a bit for us um and i won't forgive um us for how we sacked him either um and i just think uncle martin absolutely loved it and I think at the end, Redknapp was a bit rude to us with all that England stuff. So, yeah, Martin Yell. I know you're going to say Martin Yell as well. ASD, I know you're, you're Martin Yell because you didn't like Redknapp. You didn't like the way we played that much. So, Martin Yell. And Redknapp. And the reason Did I like Redknapp, yeah, yeah, it was just because... I'm trying to second it, guess it, him, Dan. Yeah, he's already said he that. He said in the past yeah. that he didn't like it. Under, he and preferred it, AVB to. I did, and I love Martin Yule, but then, but some of the stuff that happened under Redknapp, like the 0-0 against AC Milan, battering into Milan, we just had some great times. I hated it, but I loved it. Um, holiday romance, uh, Hoddle or Pleat, Daniel. Hoddle. Hoddle, I'm not, I'm not um, going to advocate for a curb crawler. Uh, yeah, I, 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 the answer is always Hoddle, isn't it? And then final <laughs> question, and I will remind you the score is 7-6 here. Uh, Chris, Maldini or Rodon? <laughs> Maldini. <laughs> I'm a principled. <laughs> Last minute equaliser from Dan. It is an equaliser this week, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's, that is unbelievable. But at least you didn't lose. You didn't lose. Oh, God. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, well, that's a good end to the show. So um, thank you, Dan, for staying up late. Um, it is half past ten where you are, I believe. So thank you. And Chris, lovely to see you always. Um, hopefully we'll have something positive to talk about next week. Um, so don't forget, the future's bright. The future's nearly white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. 
Glory past, glory future, what was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream, to dare is to do.